Welcome to Think and Reimagined, produced by Live Abundantly. Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equity, equality, diversity, and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com to support our initiatives for women, youth and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for For a better better global society. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Thinking Reimagined podcast. I am Nifemi Okuntoi. Dr. Ahmed, be sure to be able to join me again on this one. Thank you, ladies, for finding time to join. All right, let's get straight into it. Age restrictions for social media. Very, very important that we talk about this, seeing the very troubling videos that have hit the public in recent time, particularly um, young people abusing or being abused through this media. Let me begin with uh, Ms. Shotimino. I heard you talk about these um, aid restrictions and it sounded a bit new to me during um, the Live Abundantly Children's Day online event. Please let's begin with uh, what is the right age for ex- uh, for exposing young people to all of these um, many different social media platforms that we have now? As explained last time, um, there are age restrictions that the schools, as well as uh, community centers, youth centers, parents try to inform their children about to make sure that they're not too young to be exposed to material and content. And um, The reality is there is some tiny room for fluidity, but even with that, um, with the restrictions, there's some that say um, at the end of the restrictions, a lot of them even say that you still need your parents to be with you or you need your parents to consent to you being on certain um, online platforms. So the one I have in front of me says, for example, at 18, you can go on Flickr. And that is if you're with your parents' permission. Um, I think this is new in, in Nigeria, really, because the people don't necessarily take age restrictions seriously in terms of maybe what they read or what they watch, as we discussed last week. And um, and a lot of parents, you know, find it easier maybe to communicate with their children on social platforms when they're not living together. But the reality is the children don't just use those platforms to communicate with their parents or family members. They also use the platforms to communicate with friends and unfortunately strangers who can pose as children. I like the fact that we're talking about social media, but it all begins with um, having a phone, but the AMA. So we live in interesting times and at this moment, everyone wants to catch up with technology. Or like many years ago growing up not many children have access to these devices so it's important to note um what Ms. shotamino is talking about um hate restriction for uh, social media and the rest but it, it sounds a bit challenging because you hardly can 
um, correctly or adequately educate your child without having them have access to these devices. What are you suggesting uh, to be um, a more responsible parenting technique in this regard? Um, Nifami, thank you very much for that question. I want to follow up on what Ms. Shotomenu has um, <clears throat> brought up, which is the age restrictions. And it is true that parents should uh, speak to their children about the use of uh, social media and monitor the usage of social media. But we have to go back to the terms of service. The terms of service on much of social media, which most people don't read, is actually 13. Many of these platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, um, the other one that they like, TikTok, the age of consent to get on with your parents' permission is 13. Yet, as we've all seen, children younger than 13 are getting on these um, platforms and utilizing them. It is important that parents begin to recognize that although we live in a digital world, and to be honest with you, the coronavirus has made it even more apparent that it is a digital world we exist in. And in that case, much for some time, learning was going on on a digital platform, homework was being shared on a digital platform and all of those things. Um, there have to be guidelines to protect the young ones who can fall vulnerable. And those guidelines not only are being set by the companies by saying we have terms of service, but parents need to step in, as well as members of the community, be it teachers or guardians or family members. We also need to make sure that we are monitoring children's usage of social media. We, we, listen, we, you have 10 year olds walking around now with phones um, and yet they're not being supervised. So there are some benefits of being in a digital platform because you can communicate with your friends, you can collaborate. And there are child friendly um, platforms, but they seem to gravitate to those that um, are more uh, adult like but also require that the children are emotionally and mentally ready for some of the content that can be featured on these platforms. Indeed, Dr. Amma. And I think that um, there's a huge addiction to telephones, huge addiction to screens, you know, in our current, um, uh, that has become our current reality. Even parents are guilty of this. Everyone is looking at their phones. Everyone is on social media. Everyone is doing one particular thing at a time on their devices. Let's talk about screen time, Ms. Um, Sometimes children stay so long with these devices because the parents really have lost touch with the need to spend quality time with their children. Is there a standard time on a daily basis that young people should spend with these devices, no matter how educated they are? Yes, there is. Apparently, according to um, the uh, teachers' unions here, they've advised the schools that once they've been in front of a screen for an hour and a half, they should get up and do something else. 
this was during the lockdown and definitely they have asked you know that now that the lockdown is over that the children should not actually be on their phones or digital devices um every day of the week or several times a week they should be limited time and there should be days that they they wouldn't be given their phones um i think in the day and age where there were rules and advice given actually by these teachers unions here and the parenting bodies here that children shouldn't even watch tv between monday and friday they should watch tv at the weekend so that they can go outside to play the reason wasn't because the content on the tv was terrible but because they didn't want them just staring at a screen they wanted them out playing skipping um hopscotch um boys playing football doing something with their bodies now that we have phones in our palms and laptops you know everywhere they've also gone back to saying children need to move their bodies their cases of uh, childhood obesity um and also so, uh, a long list of um, issues with children sitting down in front of screens and need to have medicated glasses a lot earlier than what they what they thought they would um many many problems a long list of problems so they have advised that an hour and a half assuming they have a double lesson for example at secondary school after that they must have a break they must get up and they must uh, stretch themselves and you know look outside of the window or something and if it isn't lockdown that they should have limited time on on um on their screens Bishotimide is recommending an hour and a half and ensuring that uh, it 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 doesn't become a daily thing. Talk to us Dr. Ama about the need to explore other other things with the children apart from just allowing them play with the screen because um I see that a lot these days that um it's a little bit troublesome and um, very daunting a challenge to raise a child especially when they become very active and you just need you need to sometimes you just want their energy you know reserved you want them distracted you want them doing something and not having you disturbed at all and we're looking at uh, the possibility of engaging them outside having them to just watch television or glued to screens you know which has become the biggest um, avenue for them to spend time with themselves without having to disturb um, them are we losing touch with that culture of um, being together of course there's there's the security dimension to it in this part of the world there's space especially when you live in lagos you're wondering where where's the ground where the children are really going to play talk to us about how to manage all of these issues the issue of space the issue of time and of course the 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 luxury that comes with having all these facilities available for the children you know nifa me there there were a few words that you came you, you stated one of them is disturbing um parents who feel that their children are disturbing them are parents who don't understand the importance of interaction with your children children need to have a safe area a loving area where they can interact freely with their parents with the other adults in their lives it is a chance for them to learn is the chance for them to develop those soft skills that would take them later on in life when they have to collaborate and engage with others it is a time for creative discussion i agree with mr chotemenu um in terms of the 
limiting the time online, you know, in front of screens, an hour and a half, um, even two hours sometimes if you're working, doing homework, it's more than adequate for you to get up, move around. When we had the discussion on Children's Day, I talked about the importance of exercise and mindfulness and sleep. What we know is that by children being constantly engaged on online, um, on social media, um, they begin to get feelings of inadequacy or envy or desiring things that are inappropriate or things that are not affordable for them or things that are just not within the realm. And, and this can start to cause things like anxiety or depression and sleep deprivation. If we learned anything from last week, it's the importance of sleep so that our bodies can reset itself, our brains can function properly. And what happens is when you have children who, well, as the parents might say, you're disturbing me, go online, or they, they're spending more time online with their friends because that's the only way that they can connect. We have to always remember we are social beings. We have to connect. Being in relationship with people is very natural for us as human beings, in which case, if we can't get it physically within our presence, then we have to look for it elsewhere. And what we do is we go online to seek it. So parents need to go back, adults, anyone who is with children, go back to some of the basics, read a book, draw, look outside, talk about what you're seeing, get those juices going in the brain where they're being creative and they're, they're curious about things. When your children ask you curious questions, answer them, take the time to give them a response that is appropriate for their age and get them to be physical. There is nothing like having serotonin and dopamine in your brain so that you can learn and you can grow and you can be happy and, and just thrive it is very important and i do believe that sports should be encouraged for both boys and girls Ms. Shotomini, no offense but you talked about boys playing football we want girls and boys playing football and rugby and tennis and dancing all of these activities are important and the benefits for their health is incredible thank you Indeed, Dr. Amma, we've seen some very disturbing videos in the past days. Young girls dancing nude in front of camera. There was this BBC documentary uh, that alleged that underage um, persons now, you know, use FaceTime, I think, one of those apps um, that encourage um, illicit behavior online. Mr. Um, Tumino, talk to us about the mechanism for supervision. Um, what's the thin line between supervising your child your child's activities online and policing them. I understand that there is a Gmail facility that helps you monitor the activity of your children online. Are there more things that parents can do um, beyond just telling the children the right thing to do, but practically being there to supervise and ensure that um, they are not, um, they are not using this social media tools the wrong way. Thank you, Nifemi. Uh, yes, there are. First of all, their parents on controls on all the phones and um, laptops that exist, actually. Their parents all controls in the settings function. So parents can control 
uh, to, to a large degree um, where their children go online. And also, once you, it's important for parents to also have the IP addresses of um, the laptops so that they can also subscribe to some apps that allow you to actually track what your underage child um, might be doing on a daily basis or you can track on a weekly basis or randomly. Um, some of these um, apps, obviously you have to, there's a financial um, requirement attached to that. But generally parental controls are free and parents just need to be patient and carefully read and basically block and disallow certain functions and certain sites and things like that being accessed by their children. Now you mentioned um, the BBC report and I think the um, website or the, the, the portal um, is called OnlyFans. Oh, so, OnlyFans. That's OnlyFans. Right. So I only heard of OnlyFans probably last month where this was an adult um, gentleman who was telling me that it's, it's, it's ridiculous the number of young girls that are on OnlyFans. I said, what's OnlyFans? And he said, oh, this is where the celebrities actually allow you to enter their private world into their homes, into their bedrooms, and it's for a fee. And he said, actually, a lot of uh, girls and possibly boys and men as well, boys, um, use OnlyFans to make money. Some of the girls claim that that's how they raise money for university fees, for clothing, for, for whatever. Um, so this is an adult site. And I asked him, is it a pornographic site? And he said, yes, it is. It's a pornography site. So when I saw a parts of the um, BBC report, I was shocked to the marrow that children are on this pornographic site. I mean, I must say that he did mention that it wasn't explicit all the time but um that was what it was you know people paid to see photos and so on and i would really like to mention that parents also have to make an effort to try to find out what's happening as well because if i hadn't heard of that i i wouldn't have actually known what the um, only fans was when i saw the report and i i guess i was a little bit more um taken aback when I saw the report. So parents have to be vigilant as well and, and try and discuss these things and find out what is happening. You have been listening to Thinking Reimagined. Changing the mindset for a better global society. Parents have to be vigilant. So talking about parental vigilance, um, because that appears to be key now, um, given the reports that we are hearing and the reality of our day um i like us to talk about you know the need to allow a child or when 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 you think it is apt to consider a child um old enough to make the right choices because um, children now even gain admission into universities i have seen very young people getting admission into university even before the age of 18. Um, talk to us, Dr. Amma, about um, what the parent needs to do because the parent is really not going to be there all the time. So at some point in time, it will all boil down to the child's capacity to make the right decision and being able to acknowledge or rather identify what is right and what is wrong and have, have a conscience that is strong enough to decide to do the right thing you know talking about um decisions that has to do with um how far they go 
in their social media choices. Um, Nifemi, I think Ms. Shotamini will agree with me and all of us will agree that um, until the age of consent, which is 18 for some things and 21, you as a parent is responsible for the actions of your child. Having said that, children develop at a myriad of rates. I mean, you can have two children in a family and one is emotionally capable of making good sound decisions um, at, at, at 16 and another one struggles till about 18 and which all has to do with the development of the prefrontal cortex. And we know from um, neuroscience research that the prefrontal cortex does not fully develop till until you're about 30 years old. Um, so if given that and knowing that you need that part of your brain to make executive decisions, it is incumbent on parents to be there with their children. And even when a young child who's absolutely brilliant gets into university at 17 or 16, it does happen. The parents are still responsible and the parents have to stay in touch and know what's going on. Um, there is a limit into what age to allow a child to be in the boarding school, sorry, not boarding school, in university. But even within boarding schools, those carers, those counselors need to monitor and continue to have those areas for discussion for the children to speak about what they're observing amongst the friends, what they're being exposed to. The children know who is doing what and um, to know that they can have that open forum without reprimand, it's going to be very important. My biggest concern for young children being on social media or having access to all of these platforms, although I'll be the first to admit that there are some benefits and we've seen the benefit during the pandemic where they were able to play games with others um, and, and network um, during the pandemic and it sort of gave them um, something to do but kept them mentally healthy, yes? Um, mental health and well-being is important. So I recognize that on digital platforms, you can get that, particularly when you're in lockdown, particularly when you can't be with your friends. But I am most concerned about the cyberbullying. I am concerned about exposure to um, advertising and content that is inappropriate. I am concerned about traffickers who are very apt at taking advantage of this uh, um, apps out there and media to contact children. I am concerned about data breach, breach excuse me. Um, so they're those, they're those things that continue to plague us even as the companies can continue to put in measures to protect young people. Parents, guardians, um, professionals need to be mindful of how they, the children are exposed to content, but also need to monitor. And it's not about trust. I mean, you can trust your child to go on a platform, but you also have to be responsible as the adult in their lives. Indeed, Dr. Ama, um, most of the exploitation that we've witnessed um, um, flourish on privacy, um, the ability to get someone to do something without uh, people who are close to them knowing or hearing about it. And Ms. Shotamino, I want us to quickly talk about the need to be friends with our children and also how to know when your child is in danger of 
issues like addiction or exploitation or where you can the signs to look out for that even though your child is under your roof um, such a child might be under a certain influences you know as a result of their exposure to social media thank you nifemi um as dr Amma said previously there's a there's a um there's an importance to that there's it is very important for there to be open communication between parents and children um i believe that there shouldn't be any topic that's actually off limits for a child to ask i think a child should be able to ask anything they feel they should ask maybe they've heard of something or they they thinking of something they should be able to ask their parents who would talk further and explain to them so in the case of phones and technology if you give a phone or a laptop to a child and you don't um, help the child uh, maybe download the uh, appropriate apps onto the phone the child the child has this open blank sheet um, and nothing to nothing to do that is constructive so the child would listen to friends or would listen to outsiders oh why don't you download this why don't you download that so you'd really need to give your children these devices with already downloaded games already downloaded apps on there the other thing also is to spend time on these devices with your children sit with them from time to time and play a game with them um, sit with them go through websites go through you know the apps that you've downloaded with them explaining why this is interesting or could be interesting to them guide them through with that there are many signs um, to watch out for when a child is probably being um, influenced negatively so a child who's normally quite talkative and friendly when you find out that they are keeping more to themselves not joining in conversations not wanting to play or a child that is um normally quite uh, comfortable you know um helping out who decides not to there are many 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 signs you know of a child who has experienced some sort of i always say trauma some sort of something that is happening and it's important to look out for those signs in their body language in their interest um so a child who normally wants to you know play drafts or play ludo helping to put everything out and is very reluctant to come and join there's something going on there it's not just a mood sometimes it's not just hormonal or growing up or oh she's just getting older or he's just getting older no it might be something a lot deeper than that Adama, let me take a closing remarks on this one um talk to us about uh, what, what must be done differently now for all the stakeholders it in this um in this huge huge challenge well thank you for that question um nifemi i do believe that the stakeholders need to take responsibility for the well-being of their children and they need to pay attention pay attention to the company that your children are keeping pay attention to the content that your children are exposed to and find time make time to be with your children and see what they are doing online. Do not assume that just because you've given them a phone and they appear to be mature, that it is all right for them to be on their own. Many children are using other people's credentials to sign up for, for these platforms and they are underage. And it's important for parents to know this, to be aware and to take steps to protect the well-being of their children because the risk to the child the long-term risk is beyond just taking away your phone you can take away your phone 
and the child will still get access somewhere else. But if they're emotionally hurt because of cyberbullying, because of what they have seen, it does not go away. And that can be detrimental to their development. Indeed, Dr. Amma. So we all have a role to play and we must be responsible in ensuring that we do not suffer the dramatic consequences that come with the wrong use of social media. It should be a blessing another cast. A big thank you to Dr. Amma and Ms. Shotomino for their contribution on this one. That's our episode for this week's edition of Thinking Reimagined. We'll be back next week with another very educative one. Thank you for joining us.